Welcome to the Tomahawk Show. Listen, if you're just tuning in, make sure you subscribe, rate us five stars. As always, tweet us at hashtag Tomahawk. My name is Andrew Hawkins with my humble co-host. I don't like that you guys feel like you're known as the humble co-host, but I'll let you I'll let you have it for now. How are you guys doing today? I'm doing good. And just so you know, the humble title was not self-appointed it's our followers our tomaflocks on twitter that have named me the humble one and you the arrogant one although they seem to still like you even with your pompous attitude i think in every episode joe has called himself humble though exactly (laughs) what kind of humble person constantly (laughs) refers to themselves as humble that should tell you who the humble one is yeah is there a limit of the number of times you're allowed to call yourself humble before you stop being humble you reached that years ago you know, guys, that's a great point. I think we need to have a Twitter poll for the Tomaflock on how many times you can call yourself humble in a calendar year before you stop being humble. I think the better question is, how many times do you call yourself humble before everyone believes it? Also a good question. I think those would be two great Twitter polls that should be on NFT's Twitter. I think it's all ridiculous. I think only <laughs> fake humble people call themselves humble. Yes. I think one time is all it takes for you to call yourself humble before you're fake humble. Speaking of Twitter polls, I think this is a great segue. I was at the Cavs game a couple nights ago, as you were, as Andrew Hawkins was. Um, I was looking at the back of Andrew's head all day because he had, <laughs> oh. and I was in the nosebleeds all, again, like usual, with the other humble people. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, so it's funny. My wife and I, we always have these uh, heated discussions. I won't. Re- I'm not ready to call it an argument, but a heated discussion about semantics we're always getting into semantics that's like the only thing we ever squabble about but so we're driving home from the Cavs game and for some reason we were talking sports we're both sports fans she was a basketball player at Wisconsin and knows uh, way more than you about she basketball. knows way more about so basketball. I automatically believe most, whatever she's about to say yeah most sports but anyway so I, I made a comment about like how the Eagles won the Super Bowl last year and she's like no they didn't the Patriots won a Super Bowl last year and I'm like <laughs> No, they didn't. If you ask nine, ten people on the street, 90% of those people are going to say that the Eagles were the team that won the Super Bowl last year because it's a new league year, and nobody's talking about this year as in a calendar year when you're talking about a football season. And so we had a heated squabble about that, and I put it to a Twitter poll in spite of uh, my wife's desires. She's like, this is stupid. I can't believe it. You're an idiot, which I am. But I figured it would be good for me to ask my humble co-hosts what they think. If I said, who won the Super Bowl last year, who would you say, Hawk? You know what? I don't like to disagree with Annie. Can I start that? My first comment off with that. that. I don't like to disagree with She doesn't listen to the podcast, so don't worry. You don't have to suck Okay, perfect. And he doesn't like to not pick the Patriots either. But I don't... (laughs) I don't like to not give an answer Patriots when I get the opportunity. (laughs) (laughs) And remind us that you played with them for four years. So I I signed with the Patriots in May of 2017. Um, But no, I I think if you're in the football world, your scheduling, the way you think about things is is skewed. So anything that happened last year always is in reference to the previous season. But normal people don't think like that, and it makes sense Mm -hmm. for her to think that last year's Super Bowl winner – was who was it the Patriots and this year's Super Bowl winner was the the Eagles. Eagles. Well, that's the semantics of it. And that's my point. Like as a football player, we always think of it as a a football calendar, which is like March 1st to the (laughs) year. That's like the year. And then as soon as the Super Bowl is over, the next year has started because you can't win the Super Bowl this year 
if you're talking about the Eagles and the Patriots Super Bowl. Yeah. If you want to win the Super Bowl this year, you got to win the 2019 Super Bowl. I agree but, with both of you. Yeah, well, thanks. I appreciate You know, don't they always say, like, the most important thing in journalism is to be decisive, to pick a side, and yeah, then no. defend it? Uh, you apparently didn't go to journalism media school. But no. Anyways, How can you bash me for that and then bash me last week for always putting myself in it? Because you didn't go to media school, buddy. I All right. <laughs> Clearly. You didn't go to broadcast boot camp. You were too good for it. I was yeah, there. No, right. I, I can honestly say that I never considered going to broadcast boot camp. Although, now that Do I'm... Do you regret it? I don't regret it, but I think that's something I would definitely consider in the future. I'm not sure that they let retired guys in anymore. They probably they lock, do. lock the gates, but it's, it's actually mostly retired guys. Really? You would be the bell of the ball. If you if you showed up a broadcast boot camp, <laughs> oh, shucks. they would be like raving over you. You'd have ten job offers that day. Uh, on what top do you of do the at broadcast boot camp? You do a little bit of everything. You do like they, they teach you. But it's like it's two ways to think about it. Like, and it's how you should think about any opportunity for all our Tomaflock listeners. People go in thinking, oh, I'm going to get to, you know, learn a little bit about broadcasting. I'm going to see if I like it, test the waters out. This isn't the place for that. That would be like going to the NFL combine to see if you like running the 40-yard dash. (laughs) No, you go there, you go prepared, you go trying to put your best foot forward, you go trying to impress, and that sets you up on a a better path. But, again, for all my time of luck, that's how you should do every, every opportunity you get. Listen. Again, this episode is found anywhere the podcasts are available. We're going to do our coming up. I don't know if we should because we typically never get to it, but I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, (laughs) So here we go. We're going to talk Browns on Hard Knocks. As always, we're going to talk the NFL Network's Top 100 list, which we've been banging down the door of, and we can't wait to finally get to it here today. Also, we're going to get to another Tomahawk draft. We're going to do fast food chains today, which would be exciting. Obviously, another draft that I'm probably going to win um, because <laughs> Joe is the worst drafter in all of sports. No, it's so, because I don't eat fast food three meals a day like you do. Dude, you are losing a lot of weight. When I was <laughs> at the game and I seen you on the Jumbotron and millions of fans screaming your name and you being so fake enthusiastic that it made me want to <laughs> vomit in my mouth. The, the other thing I thought about was this dude is losing so much weight. And you know what it made me think of? There were a set of brothers who I think are gamblers, maybe, and one was heavy set, one was like super duper skinny, and they set a bet that in a calendar year that they could weigh the same amount. I believe one may have been over three hundred, and one was like a buck thirty, and mm. they met at like one eighty, mm. and they got it done, and they won the bet. Really, I feel like that's where me and you were headed, Joe. <laughs> I feel like we're doing that without the big payoff, and we're going to end up meeting around. 215 at the rate I'm going. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. What what weight would that be? And what would your body fat percentage be at 215? Because if I was 215, my body fat percentage would be like 2%. There would be like nothing left of me but bones and ligaments and tendons. I'd probably be pushing 40%, 45%. (laughs) That's why he's going to win the fast food draft. (laughs) (laughs) I um, I bet you'd have a big bench press though. When I played, I was at 4% body fat. Oh my word. That was like what my my playing body fat composition was. Mm. It is not that anymore. It's <laughs> almost a, a full calendar year since I've sprinted. Well, it's been more than a calendar year since I've sprinted. It's actually been about eight years. I don't think I sprinted since about year two in the NFL. And then let me rephrase that. It's been almost a calendar year since I've done 
any kind of physical exercise. <laughs> Since your heart rate has got over 100 beats per minute. Yes, it's, it's been, been over June, yeah. I think nine is the date. Yeah. Well, hey, let's talk about the Cavs game. Um, you and I were there a couple nights ago. The Cavs showed up and whooped that ass. It was a great game to Man. watch. They came out roaring from the beginning. LeBron had another fantastic game. Kyle Korver, two big blocks. The guy Dude. that everyone likes to kind of laugh at because he's just – the only thing he can do is shoot. He, he can't play defense. He can't dribble. He can't. He literally is like me out there on the court. Only he shoots. Okay, come on, walk it back after. a little bit, Joe. Yeah, he was right. playing some defense. He was being up, dude. He was trying so hard, and they were going so hard at him. Like as soon as the Celtics brought the ball down and Kyle was in the game, they were giving his man the ball and let him go one on one. Like that was the the goal, the entire goal of the entire game. And as it didn't soon work. As Kyle Corver's in. Get his man the ball and everyone else clear out and let him embarrass him. But he had a couple good blocks, and I think that was a big momentum uh, uh, shifter for the Cavs in that game. Mm -hmm. That kind of brought a little bit of energy, not only to the team, but the crowd really got behind him because it was like the underdog story. You know, it's kind of like Andrew Hawkins being that undrafted free agent from Western oh, NBA. The guy that, the little engine that could, you know, everyone likes getting behind that guy. Count me in. That Count was pretty me in. cool. But <clears throat> like you mentioned, I got to go on the floor in the fourth quarter and do like the little fake pump up as Hawk is blaming, but you were so in funny. Reality, I had been drinking a lot of uh, pops that game. Let's, <laughs> let's say. And by, by the fourth quarter, I was genuinely enthusiastic, but I was a little <laughs> nervous. I was going to trip and fall onto the court and be laying on the floor when the camera went to me. So luckily I was able to hold it together and I got out there and yeah. the got really excited and uh, it was fun feeling that electric atmosphere, but um, uh, they actually don't let you hold the microphone anymore. The guy that introduced me, um, he's one of the Cavs sideline people. He's like one uh -huh. of the guys. It was going really the, well. Go ahead. The, yeah, it, we're good buddies. So uh, <laughs> a few years ago when I did it, they, give, they used to give you the mic. And so you get the mic and you talk and nobody could really hear what you're saying, but they at least made you feel powerful that you had the microphone in your hands. You could say whatever you want. Uh -huh. And really get behind the speech. Well, uh, the same year that I did it for the first time, they gave Dante Whitner the money. <laughs> and I don't know if you guys remember this. I still think you can look it up on YouTube, but he happened to have a few too many adult pops, adult pops that came as well. And he started talking, and I think he was swearing, and he was making zero sense. It was exactly like a pregame speech that Hawk and I. <laughs> I think he ended it with "I am Cleveland" at the Cavs game. Oh, it was all about, this is my city. I love you. <laughs> and, like, I thought he was going to go down and kiss the floor like he used to when he would come out of the tunnel at Browns games. But uh, after that moment, they don't let the football players talk into the mic anymore. <laughs> so I was merely just a model with a very ultra small towel swinging it around, wishing that my boys NFD and Hawk were down there with me. But yeah, it was but a cool experience. Fake wishing being down there. I think you could have brought us down there if you wanted to, but it's all right. Well, speaking of which, Hawk, you were also there, right? Yeah, I was I in nosebleed. got left in the mail when, when you guys decided to. Well, I went five deep. So I had like three kids, my wife, our, our, our babysitter, Taylor was with us. So we, it's hard to find six seats together. So I was in, up in the nosebleeds. They're handing out Joe Thomas head posters just to <laughs> random people. And somebody gave it to me. And I'm like, I don't want this. And I gave it to some elderly couple in front of me <laughs> because they seem really excited about it. How did I you look, not bring one for me? I looked down on the court. They got security guards surrounding Joe. He's trying to get a LeBron hug <laughs> midway through the third. I'm like, yo, this dude's out of control. 
I don't think Joe is going to be invited back to any more Cavs games. Basically, no. is what I'm trying to say. No, that's right. I had I had fun and I went out on a good note. Then, what's crazy is you guys are at the Cavs game enjoying it. I'm sitting at home on my couch watching it with my wife, and it was the craziest thing because LeBron was at the free throw line, and all of a sudden I heard everyone in the arena chanting NFD, NFD, <laughs> NFD. It was crazy. So they wanted me there. Yeah, you must have really good hearing with because you don't yeah. have a face. I didn't hear no one else heard that. I didn't hear that one. I yeah, must I have taken a sip of my uh, Tito's tonic at that time. We need an adult pop sponsor. Hey, yeah. I'm going to have the uh, uninterrupted headquarters, um, which is staffed by 3,000 of the most hardworking people you've ever met in your life. <laughs> They're going to start Take working on our adult pop sponsor. Right. Exactly. Um, let's get into to the hard knocks. That was like the big news this week that we didn't get to cover last week. Cleveland's on hard knocks. I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty damn excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to be awesome. It's going to be really fun for Browns fans, for people like me who are on the outside and to be able to just kind of watch and see how personalities change and see how people are fighting for that camera time. And then how those other guys that don't want to be on camera kind of, you know, let their personalities be suppressed a little bit. The guys mm-hmm. you would think would be the locker room circus clowns all of a sudden they're hiding in the corner trying to escape the camera light. So that'll be fun. Now, who, who do you guys think are going to be the big storylines for the hard knocks for the Browns this year? Um, I think, oh, can we have a hard knock storyline draft really quickly off the cuff? <laughs> All right, perfect. I'll go first with the first you go pick. First. I like I'm it. going Josh Gordon redemption story. First okay. overall pick for the, yeah. for the Browns uh, topic mock draft. I think, I think that's a strong pick. I think with the second pick, I'm going to go with the Baker Mayfield, Tyrod Taylor quarterback competition. Now the Browns have been really smart so far in saying, well, this is not going to be a quarterback competition. And I believe they, they thoroughly think that. And I think they're going to do a good job of not turning it into a competition. But as we all know, it's HBO's job to make it exciting and make people tune in from all over the country and, being that Baker Mayfield was probably the most popular or polarizing guy in this NFL draft, they're clearly going to turn this into some type of Baker versus Tyrod situation where they try to boost both of those guys and kind of turn them against each other and, and make the comments that you see from the coaching staff and from the front office people seem as though there's this big quarterback competition between the rookie and the vet that we traded for. So my number two pick, Baker versus Tyrod quarterback competition. All right. So the next next storyline, I'm going to go with Miles um, Garrett. I can promise you they're going to have a shirtless scene of Miles oh, yeah. Garrett, slow-mo, oh, yeah. walking to practice. <laughs> and this guy is six foot five, 275. <laughs> That's that's my second overall pick, Miles Garrett. That's a good one. I, I think Miles is beyond unbelievable with his shirt off. And I'm sorry. <laughs> wow. That may come out the wrong way, but there, there had to be a better way to say that. Jacked cut player I've ever seen in the NFL. More I've physical freak. Big... Miles Garrett or Josh Gordon? Because Josh Gordon yeah. is like swole i've yeah. never seen a player get stronger without working out but yeah. he did it every season i was there yeah josh is in the top five for me by far but miles honestly takes it to a new level his strength his speed his quickness how bodybuilder like he is with his just massive muscles all cut up nobody get a room joe yeah no Can kidding into this episode ah uh, <laughs> I'm this sorry. This is turning into a romance I, I am novel. Comfortable with Just, my sexuality. 
He is just built like a shit brick house. Yeah, with muscles popping from here to Timbuktu. <laughs> Six foot five man, the fastest, the yeah. strongest. Yeah, my my favorite Miles Garrett photo. Now this is maybe going a little too far. <laughs> okay. have it all. So now you double down on it, guys. Yeah, my favorite so, Miles Garrett photo. <laughs> so when he was in high school, he played on a high school football team with apparently a bunch of really small, skinny, out of shape white guys. Right. Because there's a photo of all of them in summer after they ran like a conditioning test or something. And there's Miles who looks like an Adonis. And then there's <laughs> guys that look like they could be like uh, youth football, like uh, Luke, uh, what is it? What is the youth football league that everybody plays in? Like the, ba- the Babe Ruth League or uh, <laughs> Pop Warner. And uh, it's, it's uh, pretty funny. If you want to see that photo, I think I should repost it. I put it on my Twitter a little while ago and it got a lot of views because it's just outrageous like the difference between <laughs> the body types and god has definitely blessed miles garrett there's a reason he was the number one pick overall Jeez, man so anyways i think i'm still talking about andrew's pick. yeah i was gonna say my, are you done getting your analysis two. on my pick yeah yeah okay my, let's, uh, my, let's transition from miles garrett's thighs joe and, and go ahead and pick your, <laughs> your, second, your second storyline in the draft yeah. Yeah. So, uh, okay. My next draft pick, I'm going to go, actually, this is one Hawk probably hasn't thought about. Bob Wiley is the offensive line coach for mm. the Browns right now. He has been in the NFL, I think more than 30 years. He's got an unbelievable personality. He's a cr- incredibly funny. He's a really, really big guy. You know, he's 360, 370. He's got this unbelievable walrus mustache that hangs out over his his lips he's got all these great funny one-liners and he's got the biggest heart of any coach i've ever been around and i, I think he's like a magician magician too right he's a magician he's an airplane pilot he flew like f- uh flighter planes in vietnam where he oh, landed wow. on aircraft carriers he's just a, a fascinating fun funny guy that i think he's going to be the hidden gem of hard knocks that people learn so much more about him and love him by the end of the show. I love coach Wiley. Can I, can I tell, am I allowed to tell stories about my interaction with people? Cause now on my own podcast, you yeah. guys have me feeling like I talk about myself too much, but who the hell else am I going to talk about on my podcast? Right. If you're not your biggest advocate, who will be, who else is going to, I know it for damn sure isn't any of you two. So <laughs> coach Wiley used to be a coach in the CFL. Yeah. And my first year there, we were playing his team, and I probably told this story before, but we were playing his team in the championship, the Great Cup, which is the Super Bowl of the CFL. And we were down by two points, and we were kicking a field goal. My team was the Montreal Alouettes. It's freezing cold out there. There's like one second left on the clock. So this is the last play of the game. We kick the field goal. We miss it wide right. Saskatchewan Rough Riders go crazy. He's Coach Wiley celebrating. They had an extra player on the field for the last game of the championship. And if you don't know about CFL rules, we already played with 12 guys. So they had 13 men (laughs) on the field. And the 13th man got the penalty. We re-kicked, hit the field goal. We won by one point for the championship. No no way. You know, that reminds me of Chris Tabor, the Browns' longtime special teams coach. When we would have our field goal meetings, he would always say to our field goal block team, you can play with 10 but you can't play with 12. So when in doubt, get the hell off the field. (laughs) There you go, man. All right, so that's your second pick. I I got another pick for you. The whole left at left tackle about the retiring of Joe Thomas. Mm -hmm. That's going to be an easy storyline for Hard Knocks to hit. Yeah, that's going to be a good one. That doesn't even need analysis. Yeah, that's a good one. I think 
My next pick is going to be Todd Haley taking over as the offensive coordinator for mm-hmm. Hugh Jackson and like the behind the scenes discussions that they have about implementing Todd's offense and how much influence Hugh is going to have on what Todd runs and vice versa. And then just Hugh's ability to give up the play calling and the offensive coordinator role, something that he's done in the multiple different teams and a big reason why he decided to come here. So I'm interested to see like the behind the scenes stuff with Hugh giving up the role of offensive coordinator to Todd Haley. I like that. I'm going to go with the rookie Chad Thomas, who's also a music producer. Mm. This seems like an easy way for him to get airtime about his music producing and yeah. Hard knocks looks for these kind of stories. I like it. I like it. That's good. My uh, my last pick. I think I think we should wrap it up here. Is we could the, go on all day. <laughs> the Jarvis Landry. He's the the new receiver that the Browns just signed for a huge record, hundred million plus deal. He was and, on my big board. Yeah, and I, and I think that'll be a big uh, storyline. Just how he fits with the new team. How he's adjusting to his new city, his new contract, and if he lives up to the new contract that he just signed. I like it. Tomahawk has to make it. No one drafted uh, Greg Williams. Oh, yeah. Dang. That's a good one. That that can be your pick. Those are are like – the coaches are easy. Of course, they're going to cover him, and we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, uh, NFL OTAs started this week, and there's always a lot of discussion around them. Not because they're interesting, not because they're all that important, but this time in the NFL calendar, there's really nothing else going on. And when uh, the meatheads like us start talking in front of a microphone, they have to give us something to talk about. So we're talking about NFL OTAs, yeah. and supposedly they're voluntary. That's, a, that's the oldest discussion that everyone talks about is like, how voluntary were those OTAs really? And I'll pose this question to Hawk and NFD with all of his years of college and NFL football experience. Did you ever feel that OTAs were voluntary? No. Well, there, there was at one point where I, I felt they were voluntary. But you don't want any – if a player feels like OTAs are voluntary, he's at a very dangerous space in his football life that only the elite can operate in that space. Because a guy like me, like I, it wasn't voluntary. I had to be there every year. And by the time I felt like I didn't need to be there, I was already like one foot out the door. Mm. Th- at that point, you just don't give a damn about the consequences. Mm-hmm. And if you have a player that doesn't give a damn about the consequences, mm-hmm. it could get ugly. Now, luckily, I'm a guy who takes pride in my work. So that was never an issue for me. But the time when I felt like, eh, I don't really need to be here if I don't want to be. I was ready to go. I retired. So there you go. Yeah, I think there's maybe five guys on every NFL roster, roughly, that the OTA practices are actually optional. It's those guys that have the huge contracts, the big guaranteed money. They've been around a while. They've proven themselves. And everybody knows that whether they're there or not really doesn't matter. Of course, the coaches want them there because they want the whole team there to kind of practice together. But in the end, I've seen plenty of those like high-end, highly paid – well-established guys that if they got something else going on, they just don't show up. <laughs> right. It's no big deal. Yeah. Not, not too much. Joe of Thomas deal. being one of those guys. Yeah. Joe, actually, how many OTAs did you miss? So believe it or not, in my 11 years, I never missed an OTA practice. Now that doesn't mean I practiced in the OTA. <laughs> okay. I was that about to say, I was you know we were teammates, right? Yeah. <laughs> so for the last three years, three or more, I didn't do any practice in the offseason. They were saving my knee, saving my back. 
And so I would ride like the little stationary bike on the sideline, do my ab work, and then go over and just kind of hang out and watch practice and coach the guys up a little bit. So I actually didn't practice, but I was there on every single practice. But the reason I was there, not because I was a great teammate, because I wasn't really a very good teammate. It was the fact I had a workout bonus in my contract. So (laughs) you had to be at 90% of the off-season workouts, and you had to attend every OTA practice and every mini camp practice. So for me, it was definitely not optional because I wasn't given one cent to the organization that <laughs> I didn't have to give up. And if there was something in my contract, like an escalator, I was going to do everything in my part to try to make that. That's how you get, that's how you get the big name players and the big guys who understand that OTA is a really voluntary form to show up. You put workout bonuses in the contract. Yep. Well, I think it's good. I mean, really, for me to show up and do an OTA practice after like year three, it was almost a waste of time. So they got and and I think it's important and smart for a team and all these teams do it is when they re-sign guys, they always put workout bonuses in their contracts to encourage them to show up, even though maybe it's not for them anymore. It's not important that Andrew Hawkins and NFD are at an OTA other than the fact that it's good for the other guys that actually need to be there seeing those those older veteran guys putting in the time, putting in the work, and showing them that they're showing up when they don't have to. I agree. You know what I don't like, Joe? I don't like how this kind of notion is created. I got I got a tweet today, and I'm, I can't even find it, but essentially it said something about Joe, what has been, it was asking like, what was your biggest obstacle was when you're mentoring young players? And I'm sure Hawk, you know, what, it was something like, I know you don't even mentor players, but if you did, one was, and I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. (laughs) I saw that tweet. It was from NFT. How did this come come along that I'm the one who doesn't mentor players and Joe does? Because you don't (laughs) say you're humble every episode. (laughs) Exactly. Is that what I need to do is say how how I'm going to take people under my wing? Joe, how many yeah. players have you mentored realistically in the NFL? Do you think so? See, I don't know what the definition of mentored is. That's a f- the first thing someone who hasn't mentored anyone oh, listen to you. <laughs> would say. No, Describe honestly. Describe mentoring. Every young offensive lineman that's showed up pretty much since my second or third year, mm-hmm. I've done my best to try to impart any wisdom that I have. In you passing know, or I, like you no, and especially as I got older, I wasn't practicing. So standing in the yeah. back and kind of helping guys. Yeah, man. No, <laughs> I, I actually enjoyed the coaching side of things. So I, I don't know if I was like going over to their house and you know watching film with them, but we were we'd watch film together in the meeting room and I would help them out taking notes and teaching them my process of note taking and uh learning the plays and That's trying mentoring, to get- yeah, I mean, so a lot of guys. I mean, I mean, and we're doing it now. I'm I'm an unpaid volunteer right now with the Browns, and I still like doing that because I, I get a lot out of it personally. I mean, it's a selfish thing. I I personally enjoy mentoring, yeah. so I I get the satisfaction. So I'm going to do it. No, I agree. You were really good, but I guess my point was more to say that I also enjoy mentoring. So yeah. I like <laughs> I don't like how this uh, like I said <laughs> ideas that I'm so arrogant and all I give a damn about myself. <laughs> I got I got like a hundred million dollars worth of receiver contracts in the NFL right now of guys that I've mentored. Wow, well, that's, that's why they don't tell you you're humble. Exactly, because you say things like I, that. Well, I tell the guys. I my whole goal is I'm like, listen, it's the NFL's job to try to get you as cheap as they possibly can, mm-hmm. and it's our job to try to get them to overpay. Mm-hmm. So every time I can help a guy get overpaid, it's a win. 
I won't go into names, but I got a lot of wins on the board, Joe. Oh, good for you, man. Of, I got a lot of guys yeah. that I've given the blueprint to. No, hey, we're, me and you, we're both pro player. I'm, I'm always on a player's player, court. Man. Yeah, I mean, because I was a player. I mean, we, we know what, it, what, what they go through, what the pressure is from management and from the organization to play for less than they're worth. But I think it's important for anybody in life to know what your value is, to know what your right. worth is. And, and not just undervalue yourself and just give up your services for nothing because then that means somebody's taking advantage of you. And any positive relationship in life, I think you have to have two people who are not taking advantage of each other. And you're giving more to the relationship than you get. But at the same time, you can't take something from somebody that maybe they're not willing to give. And in this case, in football, it's financial. Right. You, that's actually really good marriage advice as well, Joe. There you go. So you're a great relationship counselor. You're mm-hmm. cheating Mother's Day guy, but <laughs> relationship <laughs> advice. You're pretty good. All right, yeah, well, you may- we had Odell Beckham. He showed off his swing at Ray's practice, and he hit a home run. I don't know if you guys seen that. Mm. And then we also had from the Cavs game a couple nights ago, did you see LeBron's, like, Calvin Johnson, Randy Moss-esque catch and score in the game yes he looked like a freak and it looked like yo he looked he was playing wide receiver (laughs) i guess my question is if you had to give me top five guys that you think would be the best crossover athletes and i don't mean just into one sport because there's certain people that their skills translate to one Mm -hmm. like overall athletes all around athletes Mm -hmm. who would be in your top five well, LeBron would be up there, obviously. He's yeah, a guy who was a great uh, high school tight end, supposedly. According to legend, he was fantastic. And I'm not going to doubt it because he's freaking huge and strong and fast and smart. So he's got <laughs> everything you need to be a great NFL tight end. Um, I would say Josh Gordon, he's another guy. I would think that he could cross over to a lot of sports because he's so big and fast and he's got such great soft hands. Um, I don't even know if he can play basketball or not, but yeah, I imagine pretty good basketball player. Yeah, I imagine those skill sets would carry over pretty well. What about yeah. you, Hawk? I like Odell, man. Odell is a freak. I've seen him play soccer. I've seen him play baseball. Yeah, he's like, you you know, you meet people that they're like, oh man, this thing, this one thing is really hard, and I've been working at it for years, and they're like, oh, let me give it a shot, and then <laughs> boom, they're like ten times better than you from the start. Odell yeah. is one of those kind of guys. Hmm. So I would have LeBron in there, Odell in there. I would put um, Russell Westbrook as a guy that I think is just mm-hmm. stupid athletic and he mm-hmm. could probably do a lot of different things. Yeah. Um, I don't know much more than that, though. I would say the Greek freak. He's got to be a guy that yeah. could cross over to multiple other sports. True. True. I feel like basketball players are just – they're probably better athletes than football players. Yeah. Got a bad I, take? No, that, that's a good take because they're they're much more finesse. They're using their quickness and their speed so much more than a football player, which is more about power because you're getting hit on every play. Yeah. So football it's more about like withstanding those hits. Football easier than basketball? As far as like success? I mean, anything. I just, I'm a football player yeah. and I feel like, I mean, because you always hear stories about basketball players who have never played football. Like the number one quality you need in football is being tough. Like, if you have the athletic ability and you're tough, you have a chance in football. Yeah. I would say – In basketball, you can't pick up a basketball at age 23 
And because you're a really good athlete, even if you're six, seven, the likelihood of you being able just to pick up a basketball at that age and cross over is slim to none. I think both of those sports, really all the sports, if you look at the big four, they require a very unique skill set that can't just be picked up late in life. I would say baseball, football, basketball, hockey, those are things that you can't just pick up in your 20s and be good at. I mean, outside of... But I feel like football, you can pick it up and be good at it. We have like a lot of examples of guys just being like, hey, I'm going to play some football. And then... one. Who? The basketball players do it all the time. Yeah, but like casually, not like good enough to be in the NFL and be a starter in the NFL. I mean, like there's like all pro tight ends that were basketball players in oh, college. That's a good point. No, that, that's a great point. So there, the rugby guy just got drafted. Yeah, but there's guys that get drafted that look big and fast all the time and then never make it. They flame out real fast because there's so sure. much technique and, and – uh, there's so much thinking that goes on at such a fast rate and like diagnosing the plays and the defense and the coverages and all those things, putting it together. A lot of guys who are great athletes, really strong, big, fast, all that, they can't process their, the things quick enough to be able to play. But I would say, here's, here's what I'm going to say. This is definitively what I think. If you're a good athlete and you're tough and willing to work, you can be an NFL player. If you have those qualities you can't play in the nba nba is so much more about being gifted right having that great jump shot being fast and being able to jump and having the size like those are all things yeah those are all things you can't teach and if you don't have those you can't play in the nba like you it's really much harder i would think to work yourself into the nba than it is to work yourself into the nfl I mean, you're an example, right, of being able to work yourself into the NFL. A guy that doesn't have prototypical size, doesn't get drafted, <laughs> makes ugly. a great career for himself. I don't like your, those blue pants you wear. Your school <laughs> is stupid, but yet you worked your way. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Yeah. So that's what I think. Well, since All we're right, talking about idea. other sports, we got some news here. We want to invite the Tomaflock to come join us at the Tribe game on June 5th. Unlike the NBA playoffs, we will all be there. Yes. We'll have more more details to follow. Oh. But get your tickets at Indians.com. June 5th, they're playing the Milwaukee Brewers. Oh, my hometown team. That'll be exciting. Tomahawk Day at the Indians game. Yeah, man. So, Dan, uh, what do we think that day is going to look like? I mean, are are we going to be playing? For the Indians, or am I going to be the starting yeah. pitcher that day? Is Hawk going to be my catcher? Like, what? What's going to happen? Can I pinch run? Yeah. Well, since <laughs> it's so easy to cross the sports, like you're talking about. Yeah. We I mean, should get I think a we might be able to at least get a pitch. We might be able to get at least the first pitch out of you, and then we'll see how it goes, Joe. Man, first, first pitch. I, what can we do? I think they have you scouted from how bad you were the first time you did it, though. <laughs> what can we do in the first pitch? Because if you throw a first pitch good, nobody gives a shit. So if so you're, you're something clever. <laughs> Or so Hawk's going to turn around and throw it to the center fielder. <laughs> so you're advocating for a bad first pitch for purely. No, I'm just saying we might have to have a conversation offline of how we can take the Tomahawk right. National. It's not going to a strike down the pipe isn't going to do it. Is all I'm saying. Well, I think that should be out to the Tomahawk to decide. Tomahawk, throw that question out there for the Tomahawk. That's perfect. Oh. I hope our highly paid producer here is writing down all these Twitter polls and Twitter questions. That <laughs> this is like Twitter poll number 30. Yeah. They're going so to have somebody an exam. Needs to be Tomahawk has an exam this week. <laughs> and this question is, 
Yeah. What should we do for the first pitch of the Indians game to make it unique around the country? How can we continue to put Tomahawk and put on for Cleveland nationally with the first pitch? And I'm open to everything. If you want me to grab the ball, throw, throw it at Joe's junk, I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'm not okay. okay with that. Whatever we need to do, we are willing to do. <laughs> I'm okay with that. <laughs> we already got two votes. <laughs> so, Hawk, were you ever a baseball player? I did. I played baseball till I was 15, 16. I played till I was 16. I was okay. I mean, I'm, I was athletic, like the field stuff. But baseball was always, like, super boring to me. I'm not going to lie. Like, mm-hmm. to the point where I would be playing baseball and bored out of my mind. And mm-hmm. I just – Maybe I was just too high wired for it, but after a while I just got really bored. And then as I got older, like I would always join. I was in, played in Pony and and Colton. Even we have a big amateur baseball tournament that I was asked to come play in in the off season in college. But they all wanted me just to pinch run because I could steal bases. <laughs> I was quick and fast, and they just would put me on the team for the big hitter. And I would just literally steal every pitch, damn <laughs> to throw me out, getting the rundowns, whatever. So after a while, I'm like, you know what? I don't think they have me here for my skills. And when I would bat, I would always get the bunt signal. So I'm like, okay, I think it's time. Ichiro Suzuki, just yeah. bunt every time. Exactly, exactly. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I played baseball until I was like 12, and it was obviously in the summer, and I was so hot in those polyester pants. I just hated it. And, you yeah. Know, games a day in the summer when all my friends were going to the lake and swimming and running around like Tom Sawyer. And I was like, screw this. I don't want to do this crap anymore. Plus, I was doing AU basketball in the summer. I was a pretty decent basketball player growing up. So it was easy for me to be like, all right, my, my baseball career is over. I'm not really that good anyway. So we'll see if I have any skills left when we have uh, the Tomahawk Day at the Indians. There we go. Well, I'm excited about it. Speaking of skills, Joe, I saw a video of you on Twitter oh, the God. other day. You're golfing and you drain oh. an amazing putt. Yeah. Oh, thanks for bringing that up. Here's your 20. Uh, the Browns golf outing was on Monday and I had a little bit of an epic day. I'm not going to lie. My, my caddy, yeah, my caddy Ryan had me lined up and I sunk like a 24 foot curving PGA style putt that went all the way up on the green and then came back down and made that one last revolution and it went into the cup. And the best part was that I was playing with a ball that had my picture on one side when I had this sweet handlebar mustache and I was wearing these aviators and on the back side it says this ball that you just found in the woods was hit by number 73 Joe Thomas oh wow <laughs> so it was pretty funny so the whole thing and is rigged the whole thing was rigged the uh the Browns social media just happened to be on that hole when I sunk that putt and the best part was after I sunk it I did like the happy Gilmore riding the bull, lassoing the bull around the green, high-fiving my teammates. And Bernie Kozar comes out of nowhere and, like, gives me a man hug right at the end. And it was just, like, the most perfect video. It went viral, and it was actually on the same day that – I'm not sure if you guys saw this, but um, uh, Portnoy from Barstool Sports, he's, like, uh-huh. the CEO president, he played Shinnecock Golf Course out in New York the same day on Monday. And he had a bet with some of the other Barstool guys about if he could play – the PGA course and go under par in six hours or less with unlimited mulligans. So he was up there like literally taking 30 or 40 (laughs) hacks in every shot. And then he would take the best one and it took him, you know, almost six hours, but he got around the course and he actually shot four under with unlimited mulligans. And just so you guys know, in case you haven't seen him, 
his golf swing is just slightly better than Charles Barkley. So he's just a terrible golfer. But it was funny watching him go around. And so I tagged him in my, uh, my post on my sweet putt and said, you know, no, no mulligans needed. And then I tagged Big Cat from Barstool too. So I'm waiting for that, that uh, lovely, lovely retweet that I expect nah. from him. Any moment now, it's really going to take it to the next level. Once the tomahawk started taking off, Barstool Sports kind of just started muting you as a person. They got nervous. They They're definitely like, got okay. nervous. We're stealing their followers. They're like, okay, these, these douchebags have, have clout chased us enough here. <laughs> Using our name to come up in the podcast game. <laughs> we should have a tomahawk golf outing. We should. Although, it should be nine holes because – I'm so damn old. I can't play 18 holes anymore. Like my whole 14 at the Browns golf outing, I was exhausted. Like my knee hurt, my back hurt. I felt like I threw my back out. My shoulder was hurting and I was really done. I was done with the golfing shit. I was ready to just go home and take a nap. So if we do a Tomahawk golf outing, it's gotta be nine holes or less, maybe even five holes. And I'm still, and I'm still a little upset with you guys. A while ago, we did our favorite sports movies. We just ranked them. We didn't do a draft. We just ranked mm-hmm. them. And my number one was Happy Gilmore, and you guys gave me crap about that. Because it's that, Happy Gilmore. That's not like a sports movie, is it? it is. I mean, How I guess is it, it not? Is. I don't know. That's what you said I, at the time, too. It's not, it's not top five. Did I say that as well? Probably. Yeah, it's not top that's five. That's a good movie. Speaking of drafts. There you go. We got a fast food draft coming up right now. So, Roger, don't give us any shit. What, because I won the last one, and then you're kicking me out of this one? <laughs> Is that, is that does that count? You're too much of a ringer on the and the fast food draft NFT. You got the inside knowledge. <laughs> I like to think I'm the fast food connoisseur of the, of the top <laughs> hog show. I guess we'll find out. Well, so what's the rules I think I here? First one. It has to have a drive-through. Yeah, it has. That's the only rule. It's got to have a drive-through. Yeah. Okay. So Chipotle is out then. It's that's out. Fast casual. Right. It's not that's, fast food. That's my number one. So that's off. That's the, board. the same. Okay. Um, segment as the great mission barbecue store, which actually I'm wearing their shirt today. My Are great you? barbecue chains throughout the Midwest and the East coast and down South and everywhere you love barbecue is great mission barbecue, <laughs> which would be number one on the fast casual food draft. But unfortunately we don't have a drive through because so it was my number one. And now it's off my board. Off so your board. Like I just got arrested yeah. the night before the draft. Well, we're giving, <laughs> we're giving Joe the number one pick because you had the number yep. one pick for the, uh, yep. Hard knocks cool. draft. I, I don't mind did. Joe getting number one pick because yeah. usually the best team doesn't go first, and I always yeah. kick his ass mm. in the draft. So of course he goes first. All right, he should get every draft first. So bad. I'm on the clock. Ready? So I'm going to preface this pick by saying, up until about three years ago, this probably wouldn't have even been in my top five. But I've become so addicted to this in the last couple years because it's so darn delicious and it's actually not as unhealthy as most other places. But I'm going to say with my number one pick, I'm going Chick-fil-A because ah, their chicken sandwiches, their spicy chicken sandwiches are so delicious. I think I could eat them three meals a day and their waffle fries are unbelievable. And if you get their nuggets, fantastic. Kids love them. Adults love them. Everybody loves Chick-fil-A. And if you're even healthy if you're looking for a healthy meal you can go with their chicken salads you can even go grilled nuggets on the chicken salad avocado lime dressing everybody's happy life <laughs> is good chick-fil-a number one overall he that's my baker mayfield i think joe got a side ad deal that we don't know about <laughs> no i'm, I'm proud kind of joe he actually he actually made his first ever good draft pick I'm, I'm proud of i was joe. gonna say yeah. i'm actually getting nervous now i'm like that's a, <laughs> but what he picked the real I'm, number one i'm prepared for this one boys okay now I'm getting nervous. 
I'm gonna go. I'm going with the safe pick. I'm gonna go with McDonald's. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can go wrong with McDonald's. They're the, you know, not great on the health side, but as it when it per- pertains to longevity and and being a veteran in the game, nobody moves more units than 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 the than the Donald. So I'm gonna go with uh, McD's. I mean, that's a solid pick. I'm gonna be honest. That was one and two on my big board. See, mm, you really? guys went in order. Okay, I like it. I like it. It's an hour one round two. Third third overall pick, Joe. I, I'm going to just talk about that McDonald's draft a little bit. I'm going to put my Mel Kuyper hat on real quick. <laughs> I think McDonald's probably wouldn't have been in my top three up until a couple no, years when they decided. Your, I don't need your analysis of my picks, okay? <laughs> People would decide. Hey, hey, it's my turn to talk right now, all right? So I'm talking McDonald's. So when they went breakfast all day, that was life-changing because I'm going to tell you the saddest story that's never been told right now. <laughs> I was at my farm in Wisconsin. And I drove 30 minutes because I wanted McDonald's breakfast and (laughs) it was a 30 minute drive. And I left my house at 10 o'clock and I got in the car and I drove as fast as those little wheels could take me to the nearest town with McDonald's. And I showed up at 1028 at the McDonald's drive through and I ordered a sausage McMuffin with cheese and egg and a hash brown and black coffee like I always do. And they told me it was too late. They said they'd stop serving breakfast already. And I said, well, you guys don't stop till 1030. It's 1028. And she said, sorry, we already stopped serving breakfast. I was so outraged. I actually wrote a letter to Ray Kroc, the man. He's not even alive anymore. But I was so (laughs) furious. I wrote a two-page letter, a hate mail, of how they ruined an hour of my life. And now I'm going to have emotional scars until the day I die, about that time that I drove over an hour to get McDonald's breakfast and they shut me down two minutes before they stopped serving breakfast. And so I was done with McDonald's. I said, that's it. I'm washing my hands clean. I am never going to eat at McDonald's ever again. And then they went and did the unthinkable and they started (laughs) serving breakfast all day and they made me come back and now I'm back in droves, baby. How good does it have to be for you to drive an hour? To get their breakfast, that that alone should tell you it was a great number yeah, one pick. Absolutely, yeah. That, right. that story though, did you end up getting lunch or did you drive away because you no, were so upset? I just decided to fast the rest of the day because I was <laughs> sick of looking at food. I didn't <laughs> want the next have, ten years of his life. Look at him. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> want, I didn't want to he retired. That's how he lost all this weight. <laughs> it ruined my appetite. How they treated me that day, I felt like it was just too much to handle. And I'm tearing up a little bit as I talk about. It. All right, anyways, it's my pick. So this is the third pick. This is a store that I believe Andrew Hawkins might not even know about. I, I don't even think NFD knows about this one. Good. That means it's going to be a like, shitty pick. No, this is great. You know how there's kind of like regional fast food? Like if you go up north, it's Hardee's. If you go down south, it's Carl's Jr. But even more specifically, if you go out west, it's In-N-Out. Like everyone loves In-N-Out. I love In-N-Out. Um, but if you go in the Midwest and even down towards Texas, there's this great fast food restaurant called Culver's. It's originated in Wisconsin. It is butter burgers. They actually fry their burgers in butter. They serve fried cheese curds. They serve custard ice cream. My favorite flavor of custard ice cream is vanilla with caramel cashew. And it's just Mm. unbelievable. And it's so fattening and delicious, but I'll get it every time I see it on that little sign. When I drive by that Culver's and the special ice cream of the day, the special custard of the day is Culver's. Uh, caramel cashew. I stop every time. It doesn't matter. I'm buying pints. They serve the most delicious root beer known to man. It's old style root beer like your parents used to get at the root beer stands. And the fries are good. The fries are the only thing that isn't amazing at Culver's. They're just good. But I always go with the cheese curds, the butter burgers, the deluxe. 
they make them fresh. No frozen, no frozen, <laughs> no frozen patties. It's unbelievable. So I can't wait to take you guys when you come visit me in Wisconsin to a Culver's restaurant. Cause usually oh. the first thing I do when I land, when I go home to see family in Wisconsin is go find a Culver's. You just drafted a division three shop player in the second <laughs> round. That's, that's the equivalent of what you just did in this draft. A, a complete unknown. Everything you did with your first overall pick, you just wasted. <laughs> just lost. <laughs> I'm glad you picked Chick-fil-A first because that's the only thing that could possibly save you. Why wouldn't you save that for your last pick since no one's ever heard of it? Because it's that important that I get it. It's like Tom Brady was on the board. and The he prospect was that no one's ever heard of, you reach for in the second round when no one else is going to draft him. Tom Brady on the board. I know he's going to be great. I'm taking him in the first round. Unlike these other bozos, these GMs who all said, oh, I knew Tom Brady was going to be great, but we just let him drop to the sixth round alone. Wow. wow. Okay. All right, Hawk, you're up. Do you have a place no one's ever heard of? Uh, yes, called Starbucks. <laughs> the Starbucks count as a fast food place. It has a drive-thru. And they serve food, but I think that's a shitty pick. So go ahead and take it. Right. <laughs> I'm only going Starbucks because when it now I'm thinking about how the list is going to come out on on NFT's Twitter, where it goes McDonald's, Starbucks, and all these names you've heard of, and then it's going to show Joe, um, Culver's, my aunt's, Susie's, Thanksgiving meal. <laughs> and it's going to vote really well. Hey, if it's got a drive-through. So now I'd rearrange my board just to go with Starbucks in the second round because <laughs> that'll be right beside Culver's, and I know I'll win that one. <laughs> I'm pretty confident. Again, I'm going to assemble a team of undrafted free agents and get more votes than you guys. Again. <laughs> All right, my pick. All right, the so, first pick of the third round, Joe. Yep. All right, yep. number five overall. I'm going with the classic Burger King. I think they have the best French fries. I think their Whoppers are fantastic, and I've always loved Burger King. It was a place when I was in high school in Brookfield, Wisconsin, right down the street from Brookfield Central High School was this delicious Burger King. And you used to be able to go there and get like $2 Whoppers. You could get like two Whoppers for four bucks. So in high school, that was like the place to go. As soon as school was out, you'd go run down there and get your two Whoppers for like four bucks or whatever it was. And then you'd head back to school and uh, go to football practice or whatever it was. And that was always fun. I ate all my burgers with barbecue sauce. Is that weird? doesn't matter. I'm a genius when it comes to burgers. I like a barbecue sauce, but if they throw an onion ring on a burger with barbecue sauce, it's delicious. Yeah, it's called a rodeo burger. That's amazing. Yep. Um, all right. My third round pick, I'm going to go with Raisin Canes. I'm sorry? Raisin Canes. Could you use Yo. it in a sentence? You've never heard of Raisin Canes? Could you please spell it? No, it's right next to Culver's. <laughs> oh, no. I've never heard of any of these places. You guys are the worst. You are disrespecting Raisin Cane's, and that is the best chicken tender you will ever have. I don't even know what to say. How do you follow that up? My Ohio people are going to be like, what? That is a great pick. It's actually, Ohio people? Well, yeah, it's heavy in Columbus. Okay. All right, my turn. All Fourth right. round. Fourth round. Roger. Joe Thomas is on the clock. So with my next pick, I'm going to select a classic. Now, unfortunately, this burger place is only in the West Coast. Yeah, you guys all know what I'm talking about, but whenever I go to California, I make sure to stop here because it's that good. Fresh cut fries, fried in peanut oil, delicious special sauce on their menu, delicious burgers you can have it your way. It's amazing. In and out is my next selection, and the shakes are good too. Their fries kind of suck, if we're being honest. Ooh, I like their fries. Yeah, says a lot about you. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> eighth overall pick. Eighth overall pick, I'm going with the 
college favorite. This is a 2 a.m. meal that you don't feel great about, but it always hits the spot at the right time. I'm going with Taco Bell. Ooh, Taco Bell is strong. Strong fourth round pick. I was hoping they'd slide to the undrafted free agent section. There is no undrafted free agent. Oh, that's me. Assembling a team better than your terrible drafts. (laughs) That's hurtful. So now we're going into the, the last round of the draft. Ninth overall pick. We get a recap of the teams real quick of what our what our what our squads are looking like. Like with the real teams or like the made up places you guys put in. <laughs> with the, our made up places. Okay, Joe's got Chick Fil A. Never heard of Raising Cane's. Wow, you should get outside of your no having face. <laughs> <laughs> and then go visit Culver's. Yeah. Culver's is good, man. Joe's got Chick Fil A, Culver's, Burger King, and In and Out. Hawks mm. got McDonald's, Starbucks. Raisin Canes and Taco Bell. Your Twitter followers are going to kill you if you act like you don't know who Raisin Canes are. I'm telling you that right now. I dare you to get on Twitter and act like you've never heard of Raisin Canes. I don't even know how to spell it. Is it Raisin, R-A-I-S-I-N? Like the, the R-A-I-S-I-N. Yep. Raisin Canes. All right. All right. Let's get this draft final, final round. With the ninth overall pick, Joe Thomas selects Wendy's. Me. I've always loved their Frosties. I love their burgers, but where they shine is their French fries. I think Wendy's probably makes the best French fries of any fast food establishment. Burger King's excellent, but for some reason, Wendy's, when you're hungover, like the salty greasiness of their French fries paired with their delicious greasiness of their hamburger is out of this world. It it cures your hangover instantly. Well, for guys like me, they don't do a lot of drinking not going to do much for me joe your draft is all like i think you thought we were doing a burger draft <laughs> he's got chick-fil-a that was like an easy one that was and a good, whatever culver's is his first overall pick but culver's is everything but a lot of burgers they're known for their butter burgers yeah you have four to five burger joints look at my variety i got i got mexican i got coffee i got burgers i got chicken so of course my fifth pick is going to be dairy queen because after all of that you want to get down and have the best ice cream fast food place you can have and they have pretty good burgers too if that's what you're into dairy queen is a poor man's wendy's no (laughs) (laughs) now i'm hungry now i need to go get dinner yeah me too but i feel really good about winning another draft on this show i think i'm undefeated i don't know if i'm ever going to lose a draft i think i'm undefeated to be honest no undrafted you can't collect the ones who are remaining why you drafted 10 other people before them like, because people didn't get drafted, someone could just can't say, yeah, I'm going to start another NFL team and just take all the undrafted guys and put them on my squad. Yeah, and that squad would never win, right? You're the Arena League, NFD. You were getting our draft scraps right now. Yeah, and it's better than what you guys are picking. <laughs> Raising cane. All right. I want to hear it. Yeah, let's hear it out real quick. Joe's got Chick-fil-A, Culver's. Never heard of it. Burger King, In-N-Out, and Wendy's. Hawks got McDonald's, Starbucks, Raisin Cane's, Taco Bell, and Dairy Queen. Wow. That is it. (laughs) I can't help but laugh at your team. They suck. Oh, my God. I'm laughing at both. I want to hear the undrafted team. I got to – okay. Look, he's going to go home and research. That's why it doesn't count. Give us five right now. Arby's. Eh. Subway. Subway That's not fast food. No they have, drive. They through. have a drive-thru. No, they don't. Nope. Yes, they do. What's Subway's Subway? Not have every store. Got to have it in every store. Oh, like ra- like raisin canes. Really there are awesome. rules here, NFD. This is this is what this I'm isn't doing. nom. We have rules. All right, I'll go Arby's, KFC, 
Popeyes, Dunkin' Donuts, and White Castle. Oh, that's weak. I feel really good about kicking your ass in there, this. In there's this some good teams on there, but uh, White Castle. I'm, I, I like never... that. I like the way you did that, Joe. That that's how we'll allow it from now at NFT. You got to go undrafted right after the draft ends. Yep. Yeah. No All time right. to think. Well, about it's it. easy because I just follow my big board because you guys draft like two off of it, and that's it. <laughs> Speaking of uh, giant time wasters, just like our fast food draft, uh, the NFL Network came out with another uh, top 10 players, I guess, and their top 100 team. Uh, we always say we're going to talk about it, but I'm not sure we have time. So thumbs up or thumbs down now. Should we talk about the NFL top 100 that just came out this week or just save it till next week? I think we I save it for save next it. week. All right, we'll save it for next week. But anyways, uh, let's go to the Q&A then and then wrap this thing up. All right, Q&A. You can do hashtag Tomahawk and ask your questions, and we will answer them here on the show. I want to hear what kind of comments you, you figured out this I week. also got some comments. Um, first one's a question, though, from Colton in the Falls. What is your take on Rodney Hood refusing to play? Don't even get me started on that. Well, let's get you started. Let's rev you up a little bit. I want to hear your takes. I want to hear some hot takes. That is a – I mean, if you look up a bad look in the dictionary, that's probably <laughs> what you're going to see. How do you tell, like, that makes zero sense. Going into free agency and you tell him you're not going to go in while you're playing with possibly the, the greatest basketball player ever on a team that, I mean, they've been playing really good, so I don't want to diminish what the other Cavs have done, but we all know whose coattails we we're all riding here. It just makes zero sense to me. Like, if you won't go in and, and try to prove yourself to for more minutes – when this situation, how does another team look at you and say, oh, this is a good addition to my franchise? It's a bad look by him. And it was in the moment. So I don't want to be too hard because maybe, you know, he's like, damn, I really messed that up. You know, but again, it is what it is. That's what happened. And that's my take on it. All right. Next question. <laughs> I don't know why I thought this was so funny. Just so random. This is from K Murph. I know one. Michael Buble is my favorite singer of all time. Who are your guys' favorite singers? Hmm. You know what I'm going to say? Here's one that's probably going to surprise some people, but uh, Buddy Holly. I listen to that Pandora station when I'm just chilling at home a lot, and I love it. I am going to go with Beyonce. There you go. You could ask me 15 different things, and she probably would have been my answer. <laughs> I'm surprised <laughs> you didn't say the New England Patriots. Just for uh, clarification. Yeah. <laughs> so do you think, think Jay-Z is good enough to be with Beyonce? Yes. There's no such thing as good enough when it comes to love, number one. All right. Yeah, we get it. I'm just saying. Number two, of course he is. Jay-Z is my spirit animal, and Beyonce is my favorite everything. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm just going to read this statement first. I'll tell you who it's from after. It says, Andrew Hawkins lacks the height, basketball IQ, and lateral quickness to beat me in a game on one-on-one. -on -one. That is all. That is my statement. <laughs> you want to know who that's from? <laughs> Aeneas Hawkins. Of course it is. Oh. <laughs> of course it is. For the viewers at home, this is my, my nephew, who he's a football player, technically. Um, he's going to Penn State next year, but he's also thinks he's funny. thinks he has the comedic chops of old Unk. Um, <laughs> but one thing, you don't roast a guy with the hot mic. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to place this warning out to him right now. Aeneas, <laughs> you've been warned. All right? That's strike one. We'll see if he has the you know what, to entice me again to, to see <laughs> what happens the next time. So we'll get him a get a, get a jail free card. <laughs> I'm kidding. Everyone looking at me like, oh, man, he's mad. <laughs> he's no, about man. to beat his ass. No, man. I, my nephew is 6'3", 290 pounds. Not to say I couldn't still kick his ass because he knows I can't. 
but it wouldn't be an easy day at the office. Just say it that way. All right. This one comes from our Reddit page from the power of Panda. What's the status of the Tomahawk shirts? Mm, that's a good one. We were talking, we got Tomahawk Indi- Indian days. We're trying to do Tomahawk. So what did you suggest this show NFT that we needed a golf outing? Yeah. Every time we say something, the first thing I think of is we didn't even have Tomahawk t-shirts yet. They're in the works though. I think we need a design before we just throw some t-shirts out there with our name on it. We need some viewers. We need the Tomahawk to come up with like a cool design or here, here's another thing. Write this down. We need to pull our audience or put the question <laughs> out there. Have somebody come up with some ideas for a t-shirt. I think it'd be great. I'd love to wear a Tomahawk t-shirt around town, get a couple extra smalls for the kids, you know, send them to school, pump up their, their, the parents listening audience a little bit, you know, build awareness for the, the youth generation. I'm, I'm all in favor. Yeah. It'll help you change up that mission barbecue t-shirt too. Cause you wear that every day. <laughs> well, I can put it in my rotation. Definitely. <laughs> now I got like a four shirt rotation. <laughs> all right. This one's from Daniel Rodriguez. What's more likely to have happened? NFD gets a sack against Joe Thomas or he gets an interception while covering Hawk. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Let me me tell you a quick short story here. I had a high school buddy named Brian Hillis and he was up in Madison visiting us one weekend. And after the football game on Saturday, we were having a few adult pops and he bet me a hundred dollars that if he had a hundred pass rushes, he could get around me and touch the shed in under five seconds. Like we had a little shed in our backyard. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, cool. Let's go line up. So he lines up. He's about, you know, 10 yards from the shed. I line up right in front of him. And the first five reps, I threw him to the ground and I jumped on his head. <laughs> and after five reps, he gave up and paid me a hundred bucks <laughs> ever to ever try me again like that. So what I'm going to say is, it's such an unfair advantage between me and somebody like NFD, even now that I'm a shell of the former offensive lineman self that I used to be, <laughs> that you would get so exhausted and hurt after five or 10 reps that you would give up and you would never in a million years ever, ever, ever get a sack against me. You wouldn't even get a pressure against me. Yeah. And you can just wrap that whole conversation up, throw it in the, the receiver lens. And say it to yourself again in the mirror. There's no way. You wouldn't get a sack or an interception in either situation. Well, I could get an interception. The quarterback could just throw a bad pass. It doesn't. It has nothing to do with you, Hawk. You would be so far away from me that yeah. the quarterback would have to be my, my three-year-old daughter for it to be picked off. And even she would probably throw it closer to me because there would be that much separation. Do I need to remind you guys about my flag football skills? <laughs> <laughs> How many chances? In 100 chances you wouldn't even come close to picking the ball off. All right, challenge accepted. We'll get a Twitter poll going. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> we need to take out insurance on NFD's knees, ankles, and hips. <laughs> He's going to try to cover you for any length of time. Even in the poor shape that you're in right now, Hawk, there's no chance that NFD walks off the field after covering you even 10 times. Not even. He would quit after five. Well, first of all, he'd probably blow a knee out after two, but there's a <laughs> chance that he'd... At the very, very best case scenario, you're going to tear your hamstrings. That's that's the best case scenario. The best case scenario is you have two torn off the bone hamstrings you have to have surgery on. <laughs> Worst case scenario, you're dead. <laughs> All right, that's it for Q&A today. All right, great. Well, hey, man, that, that was a fun show. Um, I think if anybody wants to ask us more questions on Twitter, make sure they hashtag Tomahawk. NFD will go through all your questions and comments and pick out the finest opportunities for us to talk about on the show. 
Don't forget to hit up our Reddit page at the Tomahawk Show. Subscribe, rate five stars for this fabulous show, and you'll have an opportunity to get your beautiful Twitter or social media handle on this wonderful podcast. And as always, this one goes specifically to both you guys. Joe, hawk yourself. (laughs) That hurt. That was painful. Uh, We deserve it.